Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo, Jesse, and Megan coming at you live. We talked about free agency a little bit. I want to talk a little bit more about the trades that have gone down this offseason. But before we get into all of that, a little bit of Avalanche news here and there on this one. The now three-year-long dispute between Altitude and Comcast, it hasn't ended. This isn't, this yeah. isn't a, oh, it's over. But a little bit of news on that front with, with Altitude putting a an offer out there publicly to Comcast trying to get a deal done. Yeah. So basically, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before. We're not going to spend much time on it because, like you said, Rudo, at the end of the day, deal still isn't done. But – um. Over the last three years, I've, I've had a little bit of a unique perspective uh, on this on this dispute. Uh, I know some folks on on both sides of this. Here is what I will say: This is still so far from being done. But the deal that Altitude uh, put out there publicly today, in my opinion, is the most. It's the biggest reason for optimism in the last three years. Basically, Altitude went to Comcast uh, at some point here in the last 24 hours and said, look, in the spirit of getting this done, the deal that you currently have in place with AT&T Sportsnet, just give us the exact same thing and so we can get back on the air. Um, there's been kind of some ugly parts to this that, that not a lot of folks know about in terms of what both sides have wanted, what kind of started this whole dispute. We're not going to get into all that today. Um, but them putting that out there and saying, hey, look, a deal that you've currently got in place that you are currently operating with. Um, let's just get the same thing over here. In my opinion, biggest reason for optimism in the last three years, but uh, to your point, Rudo, still quite a bit of legwork to do. Yeah, it's and, – and look, optimism is better than nothing. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting spot. We've talked about this a lot. Obviously, the diehards, people who want to find a way to watch the abs, have found a way to watch them. Um, that's fairly normal. But for everyone else, uh, the people that want to just be able to turn on their TV and have the abs pop up, first of all, you could go get a vodka TV, uh, go do that. But yep. for people who have Comcast and otherwise, they have not really been able to have those casual fans show up during the regular yeah. season and, and turn on an Avs game and watch these guys, which is very, very disappointing for a team that literally just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and that to me has been the biggest crime of these last three years. And like you said, thank goodness for Avaka finally getting something in there part of the yeah. way through the year and, and opening up some accessibility. But it, it's just been the fact that you've had this incredible team they just won a Stanley Cup, and the vast majority of people in in color, you know, the vast majority of Coloradans uh, didn't get to watch them till the second round of the playoffs, and and you missed out. You're missing out on an entire generation of of diehard fans um, by not having your product readily available on TV. The diehards are always going to go get it, but you you, you missed a, a huge opportunity to to create another wave of diehards, and it sucks. It's look, diehards are great. Every sport has their diehards. They're awesome. Obviously, you know, Jesse and I both grew up with diehard fans of the sport, let alone Colorado. Yeah. Uh, but the lifeblood of any sports league is the casual fans and getting them to enjoy the sport and converting those types of people into diehards eventually. You can't you can't survive without them. Well, well dude, I was going to say, I mean, the reason I grew up a diehard was because I just, I watched the abs, those, those great, late 90s early 2000s abs teams on tv yep. every single night you know when they were on growing up and that's that's why i am the way that i am and and it's just it bums me out that they're you know you, you hope that the abs go on another run like this you hope this isn't the only cup this core wins um but like you know there's there's a bunch of little you's and me's out there that didn't get to follow this team all year exactly so hopefully these things get sorted out over this offseason. It would be great news for everyone if the Avs could be back on everyone in Colorado's TVs easy the easy way, not the not the difficult way. 
So yep. hoping for the best there. Potential light at the end of the tunnel here. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. That's unfortunately the reality is not done until it's done. Yeah, of course, Nuggets as well. Nugs, nugs as well, yeah. Yep. And even Mammoth or anything else that, that shows up on Altitude TV. Rapids. I mean, Rapids had yep. a good season a couple a couple years ago. You know, we're getting our Rapids coverage off the ground. Like, yep. you want, Shout you out, want yeah, folks, yeah. Yeah, you want folks to be able to see this stuff. You really, it, it it really is disappointing that it's been so long that they've been off the air with Comcast. So, yeah. Uh, the uh, the unfortunate reality. The other bit of Avs news: the Avs did sign Callahan Burke for their AHL team. Would love to have Megan talk about that, but she's having some technical difficulties at the moment. So maybe <laughs> we'll, we'll circle, get back to that. Circle back to Cal Burke. Yep. Uh, so that is what it is. We're gonna talk about trades. We're gonna get the best and worst going today but I, I of course wanted to start with Colorado yep. the one player they brought in from outside the organization so far this offseason Alex Georgiev via trade yep and uh, Jesse I think you and I feel fairly similarly about this deal it's a bit of an upside swing yep but seeing how the rest of the goalie market played out do you feel better or worse about the Avs going out and getting Georgiev yeah, I, I mean, what I what I liked about it was, <clears throat> you know, this 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 was a year of lessons learned for the Avs. Uh, you know, in the playoffs, seemingly at the trade deadline, uh, you know, they didn't just kind of go run it back with the retreads like what we saw last year, trying to just kind of shortcut the deadline and 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 spend sparingly. Uh, no, they you know they across the board they've kind of stepped back. This shirt is so wrinkled, and that's all I can stare at now on my camera. I thought it would, I thought it would smooth out a little bit more when I put it on, but it's just so wrinkled. I'm so embarrassed. Is um, it just a yellow shirt. There's like no logo yeah, on it or anything. Just a plain yellow shirt. Yeah. Wild. With a bunch of wrinkles on it, just a plain yellow shirt with a bunch of wrinkles on. That's it. That's the design, bro. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the style. It's new, so you know most of you guys probably wouldn't get it. Um, uh, no, so. You know, at the trade deadline, they didn't try to bargain bin shop. You know, they went out and they got the guys they wanted. They gave up the assets they felt they needed to. Um, and then in the playoffs, you know, we saw it in round two, not not taking your eyes off off the prize like they did for just a couple seconds. Um, and then you get to this offseason. And last year, the Avs got kind of caught with their pants down, right? Uh, Philip Grubauer signs with, with the Seattle Kraken and suddenly the abs are kind of left in this mad scramble kind of trying to make a pitch for the last goalie available in the market, probably had to give up more than they wanted to. So this year they say, we're not getting into that. We don't think we can bring this guy back. So we are going to get ahead of the market, uh, bring in a guy that we think to your point, Rudo is a bit of an upside swing, but I mean, look two, two thirds and a fifth. Yeah, price-wise, zero complaints. Zero, and and I think if you wait much longer on that, that price probably goes up because a guy like Georgiev would have been moved this summer, probably would have been given the same kind of opportunity uh, that the Avs have given him here. Hey, come in and be the starter, or at worst, a 1A. Um, and, and the Rangers were aware of that. They were aware of that market, and they probably would have, uh, you know, asked for a little bit more as that goalie market kind of started to shrink. So getting out ahead of it. I, I really like it because it is an upside swing, but the cost makes you very comfortable with that. Yep. Megan, now that you're, you're back with us, two questions. First, where do you stand on the Georg deal? I don't think I've heard your thoughts on it entirely yet. And two, what can you tell us about Cal Burke for the Eagles? I'm so, <laughs> I was going to mention that at the end of the show. It's one of the only other pieces of abs news that we got from yesterday. Uh, but the Georgiev deal, you know, it's not like my number one trade of the offseason, but it's still kind of up there just because I think Eva Jesse was just talking about this. What we know to be true of how the goaltending market shook out, it's one of the best available options. Uh, and I look at, too, like losing picks, especially the one in the third, um, let's see, in the, I don't know what the 2024 draft class is going to look like, but two late 2022 selections I feel like they could afford to part with um like for next year they still have four of their seven picks um I don't necessarily want them to continue giving up picks because the prospects pool is a little empty 
but with a team that was in need of a viable starting solution and looking at other teams that have invested in other goaltenders that I'm not sure are viable starting solutions. I feel like it was the best available option. It's going to be really cost effective and there's still hope for the prospect future with some picks still on the table. Yeah, for to both of y'all's point of on the cost effectiveness, Georgiev currently the 32nd highest paid goaltender in the NHL. Wow. So for a starter, the Avs are getting great dollar value, if nothing else. I mean, I mean, look, the, 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 to me, the thing that says it, that says it all is they are paying what 250,000 more for their tandem than what Darcy Kemper went out and commanded on the UFA market. Yep. Rightfully so Stanley cup winner. Um, I thought he could have worked his way into the, I, I could have been in the Vesna conversation as a finalist um, near the end of the year. Uh, he got some votes. I think he finished like fifth. So, you know, totally deserved, but Stanley cup champion bringing back pretty much the same team. You're only spending five and a half on your tandem. Feel pretty good. Yeah. And, and look, the Evs knew what they got themselves into here, right? They went out and got a 26 year old goaltender. They got him for the traditional three year deal where if he hits great, you have a super cheap goaltender that makes you look really good for the next couple of years. And you don't have to think about it. If he misses, you don't feel great about it. Obviously you have to do some assessing and, and relook at that position, probably across the course of the season or, or on the off season or whatever, but you haven't, buried yourself with a contract that just crushes you at that position. Uh, so they gave themselves a good amount of flexibility there. And given what we know about this team and its defensive ability and puck possession ability over the last couple of years, it's easy to see where just about any goaltender should be able to improve behind this hockey team. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. does it improve to elite levels? We'll see. Well, and I also do think that one guy that and and we show him a bunch of love on this show, um, but doesn't get enough love just in general. UC Parkula, I mean, he's been huge for the last several goaltenders the Abs have brought in: Kemper, Francois, Grubauer. Uh, you know, we've talked to Annan about him. They all love working with this guy. Everybody, I, in my opinion, we've seen them uh, improve under Parkula, Varlamov. Um, he works out with these guys in the summer. Georgiev and, and Rantanen work out together in the summer. And I know that Parkula has done some stuff with Miko uh, and goaltenders and stuff like that. So there's already a level of familiarity there. Uh, and then that is another thing that we haven't mentioned uh, too, too much. Miko and Georgiev played together for TPS Turco. These are two guys that are very familiar with each other, very comfortable, uh, know who they are. So Georgiev isn't necessarily walking in uh, completely blind and, I just, yeah, like Megan said, this isn't the move of the summer, but uh, I think this is just a great value move and um, low risk, potential high reward. It, it's the type of move that savvy GMs make, right? The ones that if they work, you remember, and if they don't, you kind of forget about in the long run. And when you uh, win a cup, you get a couple big swings. Yeah, definitely the benefit of the doubt at the very least. Yep. So. It'll be interesting, of course. You know, obviously the fan base was very split on Darcy Kemper, certainly during the playoffs. Good way of putting it. And look, that one worked out. So, yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see if Georgiev can be as effective as Darcy, because let's not forget, Darcy was extremely good in the regular season. He was great. So definitely some decently large shoes to fill for Georgiev, but I have confidence. Is there reason to be unconfident? Yeah, probably. You go look at his recent numbers, and I understand some concern there. But we'll see. Uh, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can go get some down at your local liquor store. The bars, it's coming along. It's coming along. We have one of the sets back open. I think the Broncos were doing their show on, on the set down at the bar today. So we're getting there. Still a lot of renovating to do, but soon enough, you'll be back at the DNVR bar having a brew, watching some sports. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled for, for that thing coming back and, and getting 
everything going. As already mentioned, we're also brought to you by Avaca TV. If you're tired of all the Comcast nonsense, if you're tired of dealing with going and finding a stream of questionable legality or otherwise to watch <laughs> Avs, Nuggets, all of your favorite sports, Avaca TV for just 15 bucks a month for the first three months when you use code DNVR. You get in there. It's got altitude. It's got AT&T Sportsnet. It's got the national channels. So it's got all of your major sports in Colorado completely covered. You can go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR to check it out today. And even after the first three months, it's only 25 bucks a month. So significantly cheaper than Comcast or DirecTV or some of these other options. And it plugs right into your TV. You can just pop it on. In fact, you can even pop on the DNVR channel and watch us live on your TV too. It's that simple. Highly recommend. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Did we so, get the Cal Burke rundown? Sorry. I'm we, so yeah, sorry. we didn't really get the Cal yeah. Burke rundown. You know, I was just thinking the other day too, that I think we've even talked about the Eagles have not done a lot. Um, and I'm saying Eagles, cause I'm just assuming that this is going to be someone that is a depth center for the Eagles next year. Um, he could plug in on any line. Like he is a very versatile centerman. And so it's useful because we don't know how the lines are going to shake out next year. If he does need to play on a line with some of the younger guys, like an Oscar Olison, um, he's a really reliable guy to do that. And he's a really responsible player too. So I, I think it's a two-way contract. So I like that for him because it, if, the abs are ever in need of his services. That's always an option, but I assume this is just for forward depth and the Eagles haven't done a whole lot. It was good to see them do something. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And, you know, I do wonder how close he hangs around as maybe like a 14th, 15th type forward for the abs. I personally, I would much rather see, you know, Martin Cowd or Shane Bowers be that guy, but yeah, the Avs tend to think differently about that than I do. So uh, we'll see. Uh, do want to get into the trades here, though. I'd, I'm assuming you all have your best trade picked out. Mm. Do you guys have a worst trade picked out? So I, I was I was actually <clears throat> just going through. I've got a couple that I really don't love. <laughs> <laughs> Fire one off, then. Let's, let's hear it. We want to start with bad. Oh, yeah. We're starting on the bad side. Well, so this is one that I think could fall into either category, depending on which side of it you're on. Uh, but for me, it's it's Minnesota Wild moving Cam Talbot for Philip Guff- Gustafson. Yep. I mean, that's that's a one-for-one one, uh, major downgrade, and they got themselves th- – that, that was a – that was one of those ones where they got themselves in trouble. That was a self-inflicted wound. They had a great tandem. Uh, <clears throat> sounds like maybe some promises were made behind the scenes. Uh, that one is up there. And then I have another one, but I don't want to take all the fun here. Uh, but that one to me was just, <clears throat> um, that was just bad management. You, you know, got yourself into a sticky situation. You had to make a bad trade to get out of it. Okay. I, I, I agree. 100% the way they handled Cam Talbot entirely from the second they acquired Flurry was questionable at best. And and there were some bad trades here in the last week. And that is to me, what makes that one feel worse, <clears throat> excuse me, than it is. Well, there, there are bigger repercussions. GMs make bad trades all the time, right? You, it happens. You move on, whatever. When you have a guy coming out of an organization who feels slighted like that, you start to build a reputation in the player base of guys like, Hey, don't go there. They won't treat you well. And that's a whole different problem to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, Um, And that just wasn't a good one. That wasn't a good look. It was not. Uh, My worst deal is probably the Brent Burns deal to Carolina. Interesting. Uh, I don't, I, I just don't get it. I don't think it's what Carolina needed. I think Brent Burns is, is terribly terrible defensively like he just does not provide anything there and they've locked themselves into the last three years of his deal as a guy who will turn 38 this season and will be 40 at the end of that deal yes there's still some solid offensive production there but I don't trust 
Brent burns to keep it together as he really starts to hit the downswing of his aging curve. Yeah. Um, did Carolina give up a ton for him? No, but they also stuck over $5 million to their salary cap to keep this guy in the lineup every night. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I'm, I'm really concerned about. Uh, I, I don't think there's a ton really to say on it. If you like Brent Burns, you, you'll, you'll feel better about it than I do. Um, Dude, there's some bad ones. There's some bad deals this summer. Brent Burns yeah. confusing with what you see Tony D gets shipped out for. Right. For the it's same price. Incomparable. Exactly. Like Even though San Jose retains a little bit of Brent Burns, it's just the age factor and the difference between what Tony D, if he had just stayed there, would have done for the lineup differently. Yeah. 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 I, you know, off ice whatever aside right yeah completely on ice it would definitely take tony d over brent burns megan what do you have as yours <clears throat> there's a couple more here now that i'm looking at them. we have to spend a few minutes on these bad ones because yeah I, there's feel, a couple. <laughs> I feel bad classifying this as a bad one because ottawa needed to unload matt murray um but it's yeah. just and then you look on the flip side too, is this a viable starter for Toronto? I'm not even really convinced of that much. And, yeah. you know, Ottawa retains a little bit of salary and they unload this contract, which is great for them. But then their goaltending solution becomes Cam Talbot. So mm-hmm. like what I know for both sides of this, I'm not sure that these are really great goaltending solutions for either party. And I don't know that there was a better case scenario available to them either. And Ottawa did a lot of things right in different ways that I'm like, maybe willing to look past this one, but it's just kind of a tough break. Like they get, they get a couple um, of, of picks back. Let's see. They get future considerations. Yeah. I was going to say they yeah. got nothing. It's you've heard of they, the win-win deal. This one might be a lose-lose deal to be honest yeah, yeah, with yeah. you. Lose-lose. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a great point because <clears throat> you don't get any, if, if you're Ottawa, you have to give them up for nothing. And then if you're Toronto, like you said, Megan, like, okay, you got him for free, but it's a, still a decent cap hit for a guy that you have really no clue what he's going to give you. And... I don't know. I think that's I, I. I like that one. I like that one because yeah, like you said, it's on both sides of it. It's like, why did you do this? It's what made the Georgiev trade feel better in the end too. Like looking at how this has shaken out, and even the risk that Detroit's taking with Billy Huso. I'm like, I feel good about Georgiev and how that shook out. Yeah, yeah. Compared to some of the other moves, you're going. You know, the Evs could have done worse yeah. for sure. Than than Georgiev on a on a reasonable contract. Uh, how so? How do you guys feel about a deal like Patrick Nemeth going to Arizona? Because look, I I think we all best agree. trade best trade of the summer. Well, right, if they're going for Connor Bedard, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes a little bit of sense. So is that a good trade or a bad trade? Yeah, I mean, what what I like about it is that they get some picks back with it because, like, honestly, <clears throat> not to like, uh, not to like shit too hard here on Patrick Nemeth, but like, exactly what you just said, Rudo. Like, he's a guy who is he an NHL caliber defenseman? Yes, he's he's in the top, whatever, half a percent of hockey players on earth. But within that half a percent, he's pretty near the bottom. So it's a warm body that can play for, for Arizona, gets them closer to their goal. Uh, and you get a second round pick. <clears throat> Honestly, just, just thumbing through these there, they're, I know we just went through what we think are three, not very good trades, but there's two to me that stand out even beyond that. And the first one is the Max Pacioretty deal. Uh, Vegas and Carolina, Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coughlin for nothing. Yeah, so I, I was actually going to put this in my good good trades deal from oh from the other Car- side. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm sorry. We'll we'll skip by that one, and then, well, and actually, you're probably saving the uh, Mrazic deal for that as well, right? I was not. But oh, okay. So then let's talk about this one because I think this is a horrible deal for the Leafs. 
The Maple Leafs had to pay a first-round pick to get rid of Peter Mrazek. Yep. Now, they got a second back, but you had to give up a first-round pick and give away a goaltender to get out uh, from underneath the the contract. And it's just not – like, 3.8 isn't nothing. Right. But it's not like that's right. destroying you. But but I guess look if if their game plan was to bring in Matt Murray all along, well, and that's my thing. So you make a trade to get out of you. You give up a first to get out of a bad contract, and then to Megan's point from a minute ago, you then go acquire a bad contract. It's a fair like, point. <laughs> just. Just roll with Peter Morazic at that point. Like both of them are flawed. Both of them are kind of up and down with the injury. What are you going to get? You just swapped one bad contract for another. For what it's worth, I think Morazic was a complete disaster last year. Oh, um, bad. You know, unless Murray totally collapses, I think he's probably a better goaltender. But he needs to be because you're paying that dude significantly more money. So. It, it it does feel a little bit too lateral for a team like Toronto, who for how many years have they been waiting for like, oh, they just need that one tiny little piece to get them out of the first round and then anything's possible. But they just yeah. can't do it. So can't get out of their own way. Yep. Uh I, I do like that as as one of the bad deals for sure. <laughs> Uh, anytime you're sending a first round pick to get out of a contract you're going to end up on the wrong side of it yeah and just look at some of the other cap dumps that got done this year almost no one gave up a first to to dump their guy you know seconds sure thirds sure maybe a prospect here or there but first round pick is awfully steep to dump a guy whose contract isn't even four million dollars right right and I don't think there was a terribly long time left on it i'll look but was it two years yeah yeah that's you're right now that you've said it the more i look at that deal i go that's kind of gross yeah it's just (laughs) just like for for a backup goaltender like yeah and and then again with chicago's side it's like yeah, they can start Peter Morazic if they want Connor Bedard. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as being a good hockey team, no. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so he would have had this season, then one more after that. Yeah, yeah. is what it is. But um, I just I didn't love that one. Yeah, it. I mean, it, and look, it's easy to to be here on the show and nitpick all of these trades, right? We get to sit here and go, Oh, these are all these stupid trades, but much like the uh, Talbot situation, sometimes you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes there, what the locker room is like, or, or what right. the player has requested. Um, you know, Tyson Joe's a great example who the abs traded in season who uh, it came out that, you know, he had wanted to trade for a couple of years at that point. Yeah. So, Things like that do happen as well, just to be fair, as we're in the bad part of the the <laughs> trade conversation here. Well, well, and it's also to that same point, it's also easy for us to say that when we see what all the moves are, you know, maybe when yeah. they did that, Matt Murray wasn't necessarily the plan. They thought they were going to be able to land a guy like Kemper or bring back Campbell. And then things just didn't work out, you know? It, so to your point, it's, it's easy to say all that now, but when you look back on it, yeah, I don't, I don't love that one. Agreed. Um, all right. I, I, have we covered most of the bad ones? Are we are we comfortable? Is there any you really wanted to tap on still? I think someone in the chat mentioned Zach Cassian, and that's an interesting one because of everything yeah. that Vincent unloaded just to make that possible. If, yeah, I mean, if I'm Arizona, I'd agree to those terms too. But it's interesting because when Evander Kane was out, Zach Cassian in the playoffs was the answer for them in moments too, and they're so eager to unload him for nothing. Yeah, so this yeah. trade happened while I was live on PHNX's trade <laughs> draft show. And at the time it came out, all that they said was that Arizona got Cassian. We didn't know the picks yet. And at that point, I was like, 
what the hell is Arizona doing? Why would they ever, ever want Zach Cassian? This makes no sense at all. And then it comes out that, okay, they got, it was a swap of firsts as well as some additional picks in later years for it. And it started to make more sense from Arizona's side. Um, it was a little bit of a weird one from Edmonton's side, though, because they moved back in the first round. It, it was only three picks, to be fair, but they still moved back and had, then had to give up multiple other picks, again, for a cap hit that's $3.2 million. It's oh, it's not... That. Yeah, right. It's not like they were trying to get out from under Shea Weber's deal or something crazy, right? Like, this is a pretty eatable cap hit, and they gave up a lot to do it. One dude, I just <clears throat> I'm just not a big believer in Zach Cassian as a whole. He had the one year where they stapled him next to McDavid and he went to the net a lot and, and put up some points. Uh yeah, I don't know. I just and I I to be honest, I I don't like that he's gonna be in division for the Avs. I think that's a guy who throws some some dangerous hits, gets yeah. involved in some stuff behind the play that isn't great. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, that, that was a weird one for me. All right. So we've drifted a little bit, maybe more into the realm of weird, bad, <laughs> possibly, but that's okay. They look, it all counts the same. Uh, we are brought to you, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. Look, if you want to get into weird, you can bet on some <laughs> weird stuff on DraftKings. Believe me on that one. You can go all over the place, especially if you get into like, not just their sports book, but they're like pool betting where you can, you can jump into a pool and win stuff that way. I, I literally think you could bet on anything in their pools. Six months ago or whatever, we had turtle racing that you could bet on. You can get into like all sorts of other crazy animal sports. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. The number of things you go. I don't know if anyone saw the, uh, the dog that just set the new world record for like the longest Frisbee catch ever. Yes, dude, nine yards. Yeah, wild. Actually, like, first of all, props to the dude that can throw a frisbee that far, like, under control. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and then the dog tracks it down like it's nothing. So, <laughs> this DraftKings read has reminded me of two stories that I'm going to tell before we officially start the third okay. period here. Once you finish up. Yeah. So go over to DraftKings, use the DNVR code and sign up for a new account to get up to $1,000 matched for your first deposit. So you can jump on that, get a great deal there. It must be 21 or older Colorado only other terms, restrictions and conditions apply. Uh, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook details. Of course, if you have a gambling problem here in Colorado, you can call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by foco which you can go to foco.com right now get your official avalanche nuggets broncos rockies merch whether it be jerseys or shirts or bobbleheads or shoes or socks or pins or I, there's there's way more than that too you just got to go over to foco check out all of their merchandise that's foco.com f-o-c-o Dot com to see all of the amazing stuff they have. They have sizes for everybody, including including kids. So if you're looking for something for a little one, they can totally cover you there, too. Again, that's foco.com for all of your merch. All right, Jesse, what stories do you have for us on story time today? So they're both pretty lame. Neither of them are very long. But when I lived downtown the last couple of years, uh, there was a park that parked down by the big REI that's down in Denver. Sure. Um, I-25 and like park-ish. Yeah. Um, and there were these three, uh, we were sitting out there one day, you know, having some drinks, just kind of hanging out. And these, the group of three people walked up or walked into the park and they had what looked like you could tell like sponsored jerseys on of some kind. They were professional ultimate Frisbee uh, players just out there kind of messing around. And we sat there and watched these people for like, an hour, hour and a half because the control that they had on Frisbee throws, I didn't know that you could like be that good at it. I mean, it was like that dog where like throw it with so much force and it would just settle perfectly yeah. in stride. And it was, uh, it was like, it was, it was awesome sitting there watching him. Cause it like, it's, it's always cool to see someone be professional at something and just be at that level of, of talent. And so, yeah, I was thinking about that when I was watching the Frisbee dog thing. It's like, you like, to your point, 
props to that dude. That's just as much on the thrower as it is the dog. Straight up. Uh, and then two, you were talking about pools. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever tried to swim for exercise? Like uh, like laps? I can barely swim for survival, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this morning, I tried to go up to the gym. And I was like, you know what? I've always heard what great exercise swimming is. I'm going to get in there and do some 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 laps. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> did I you did, do one lap? I, I did. I did. I did a, an up and back. And I was like, woo. Yeah, this is a good workout. Up and back again. And I, I seriously, I thought my lungs were going to explode. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm like sore. My arms hurt. I, I couldn't believe what an intense workout like actually swimming was. And you were talking about pools and stuff. And I was like, well, I got to mention it now. It was insane. Yeah, no, I'm not a not a swimmer. Absolutely <laughs> not. swim for survival. Yeah. Ooh, that, that was a genuine LOL you got out of me. That wasn't <laughs> like a, a radio. Ah, ha, ha. I, I, that was that was very funny. <laughs> All right, great. My shortcomings are hilarious. Let's let's go. <laughs> All right. We've talked enough about teams' failures. Let's talk about some of the success trades. Obviously, Jesse already brought up my pick, which was Carolina getting yes. Max Pacioretty for literally nothing. Look, they've been looking for a game-breaker, I would say, on their forward side. Not that they don't have very, very good players but they haven't had that guy to come in and, and show up and really score a big goal for them in, in some key moments. And they go out and get a guy who can give you, you know, 30 plus goals every single year. Well, dude, so I, I just remember it. I think it was in the second round against New York. Um, and, you know, that series was starting to get a little dicey for Carolina. And I remember, all of us talking, you, me, you know, you, the three of us and, and AJ, and we were saying, here's the problem. This has always been the problem with Carolina. You're in this moment. Who is going to score? Like, who? who's the guy? Who's the guy? And I, I, I just, I didn't think they had one. They had, like you said, Rudo, really high-end, skilled players. They just didn't have the guy who put it on his stick and he's going to bury it. Um, And now they got one. Yep. And you know, there's some questions there with the injury side of things. There's he's not young anymore. It's the last year of his deal. Yada, 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 all those things. It doesn't matter because they paid nothing for him. (laughs) Yeah. And they get Dylan Coughlin. And that's a guy on the cheap too. According to patches, he's a hundred percent. So hopefully the injury stuff is behind him. He's still on the upswing too at 33. He's still trending in the right direction, setting aside the injury from last season. He has been one of those guys that has aged more than gracefully, right? Like you've seen that first year in Vegas, I guess was a little slow, but after that he's crushed it for them. Been a near point per game player. Well, I was going to say he's, he's, the type of player that his play style, you would hope if you're him ages a little bit better, um, you know, cause he's, he's a pure shooter. He's got that release. You kind of hope for like the Jerome Ginla aging curve, right? Where it's like Turret mode. Yeah. 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 Hey, you can still, you know, you can still just kind of park this guy and let him, you know, just unload shots. And then Megan, I think you make a great point about the fact that they get Coglin as the throw in. You know, they they had Vegas by the short hairs and and really used it to their advantage. Like, hey, you want out from under that deal to make your, your roster work? We're gonna need something on top of it too. And uh so I think that's a great point. I I I think if you're Vegas, that's that's a nightmare of a trade led by horrific roster management. If you're Carolina, you, you say thanks and and you and you run the other way. I think it's a great trade for them. <laughs> It's a for a team that is actively going for it. It's a great use of weaponizing their cap space in a way we don't normally see. We're used to seeing teams that are out of it take that guy on, get a bunch of picks to go with it. 
Yep. But Carolina swoops in, takes that guy, makes him a core part of their roster to try and go win with him. It's it's a little bit different than what we're used to. That's all. Yeah. No, I love it. All right. What else we got? I'll say, Megan, I'll let you go since I went first last time. And When I saw the graphic for the show, I was like, oh, shoot, was this kind of obvious? But I really liked the Alex DeBrincat trade. Um, so good. That, yeah. that was my top pick. Um I just think he's only 24 and he had a 78 point season. Like, and it's also, he's going to be an RFA next year. It's one year by 6.4. Like it's a great contract to take on. And he still has so much upside for such a young player. You know, we kind of understand and seeing what Chicago did, the why behind it is just likely what they're really dismantling, whatever they had in Chicago to start anew, but it's a great pickup. Yeah. And like with, Chicago committing fully to the rebuild this offseason, which they pretty much did everything but Kane and Taves. They get the seventh overall pick there, right? So Chicago yeah. feels okay. They're saying, look, we, we get a good reload here. They got the second and a third rounder in 2024 too. Um, but again, this one does feel like it could be a win-win. Obviously the picks have to work out for Chicago right. and all of that for Ottawa. I, it's hard for me to separate out the one trade for Ottawa because I think almost everything they did this offseason was just an absolute slam dunk. They just yeah. completely crushed it. Yep. So yeah. no, Ottawa's had a great has had a great uh, great summer. And yeah, Megan, like you said, I for for me, I think this is the one. I think there were, uh, I think there were some really good deals out there from a few different teams, uh, but this to me is the one where I think you get the biggest bump in talent for one team this trade i think improved the team more than any other trade if that makes sense um the ottawa senators give up nothing but picks nothing off their roster get to add a 24 year old two-time 40 goal scorer slam dunk yep it's uh, i it's really, really interesting to me where this goes. Like, what does that next contract end up looking like for Ottawa? Because it does feel like they want to bring Cat to be a part of their core for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So they're probably expecting a eight, eight and a half, nine million dollar deal for him to yeah. buy some of those UFA years. But yeah. you know, it's. <laughs> Who was the last 40 goal scorer for Ottawa? I don't actually know. Oof. Do you have to go like all the way back to like Alfredson or something for that? Probably. Uh, did Spezza ever do it? Maybe. Maybe it was Spezza. That's a good guess. I'd I mean, have to I look mean, it up. But If not, I mean, could it be? Was Heatley a senator when he hit 50? I, I think he definitely had to get to at least 40 when he was there. Right. But I mean, at that point, how far back? Are we yeah. Talking you're you're talking 20 years ago now. <laughs> like That's uh that's a ways to go back. All right. Let's see. Set this to like 2000. Don't sum the results. Nope. Spezza. Spezza okay. ne- never hit 40. It, it was Heatley in 07 wow. was the, oh he, his second time scoring 50 for them. Wow. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah. And, oh, and, you no, know, he did it in 08 too. He only scored 41, but. Okay. All right. Um, and, and, you know, you, you think that he's going to have a good, sh- you know, Debrinkat will have a good shot to hit 40 again with some of the guys that he'll be playing with. Yep. Um, I still think that Ottawa team has a little bit of a ways to go, but big, gigantic step forward this off season. Yeah, I agreed. I, everything they did was in the right direction. And that DeBrincat deal, I think, really did kind of kick it off for them when where they realized they were in a spot where they can make some some proper moves and, and put together a top six that everyone goes, oh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, um, I'm going to I'm going to go back a little bit here. Uh, a couple weeks. I really liked the Fiala deal for L.A. Um. You know, they, they give up a first, they give up Brock Faber. Um, but I just think for a team that, again, I think Kevin Fiala, and you're probably talking about a Calgary LA second round. 
Um, you know, I think LA was just missing a little bit of that scoring in the playoffs this year. Um, they had a lot of things go right for them. We'll see if they can kind of, you know, Jonathan quick is 2010 Jonathan quick again next year. Um, but you know, I, I, I like that move. I thought that was another big, they got a lot better and it was something that they needed. I was maybe looking at the McDonough deal for Nashville. Cause I like that one as well. McDonough yeah. is really good. But, you know, we were, we actually kind of talked me out of that the other day where it's just like, I just still don't know how much that actually moves the needle for Nashville. For me, Fiala really um, pushes LA into that next kind of tier where I could legitimately see them competing for the Pacific next year. Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. I agree. Um, With Fiala, the one like holdback I have on that is. Is he really a point per game guy? Sure. Yeah. Is he more like a 60, 65 point guy in reality? Which look, still plenty good. Still gonna still help good, the teams yeah. a ton. Yeah. Definitely. Not not gonna hurt them by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, these are the types of swings that sometimes teams on the on the way up have to take. Uh, especially for a team like LA, when you miss on some of those Big picks, Gabe Velarde, yeah. who's just not been able to stay healthy. Obviously, Quinton Byfield hasn't come in and been as effective as they'd hoped yet. You have to go out and get a big name piece like a Fiala to to help fill the gap a little bit. I like it for both. Like you mentioned McDonough, but I like this too because this is just good business for like Wild and Lightning. They had to unload these guys too. Like Fiala, I just yeah. I'm sure Minnesota would have liked to keep him, but they they just weren't able to make it possible. Um, and so this way they get a little bit of something in return and Fiala gets another renewed opportunity on a new team. Um, but I like Nate, uh, I must call you Nathan. I like <laughs> point about That's my name. I was reading your username. <laughs> I like your point about the sustainability of it. Like a lot of Fiala's season is linked to Kaprizov elevating his play, yeah. but I don't think that that can't happen in LA either. It's just going to be a different person. And I think it's good business all around for every team involved. He's a skill guy, and, and it's, again, that's kind of something L.A. was missing. They didn't have, you know, the real skill guy. Kopitar getting a little bit older. Dowdy getting a little bit older. Arvidsson missed a bunch of time. Uh, I like it. Yeah, their, their big guy was Phil Deneau, right? Who, look, great, works really hard, does a lot of good stuff. He's not that super high-end skilly guy, though. So right. yeah, that's where Fiala comes in, and you put those two together. Let the no do all the hard work. Let Fiala fire pucks into the net. Now you're talking. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That that could be a nice little nice little tandem right there. Yeah. I, look, that's where I'd, I'd put them together if I was yeah. L.A. But, you know, I wouldn't be the first time I've seen a team completely disagree with me and it be correct. So what do I know? I just work here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, that, that's most of the major deals a lot of the other stuff was just like and i know i know aj gets all squirrely when people use the term hockey trade but like all the rest of the deals i think were just kind of like yeah this team needed to get rid of this guy yeah this team wanted this one got some good pick like i I thought there was a lot of good value deals um with with just a few that kind of stuck out and i think we kind of went through uh i i wouldn't put this in the best deal but one i did want to get your guys' take on Montreal going out and getting Kirby Doc for a couple of picks to Chicago. I liked it because I thought they kind of turned some picks into a little bit more of a Something ready solid prospect. at least. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. someone that's still getting better, but it's not a complete lottery scratch off. You know what I mean? I think this trade in particular just gets more interesting because of what they did with the first overall pick. They had the opportunity to say, we're going to go get Shane Wright, and that's going to be our center of the future. Instead, they pick Slavkovsky and go out and trade for Kirby Doc to be down the middle instead. Not the way I would have gone about it. Weird use of assets. It's a little yep. bit of a gamble. I'd like to see this be a new chance for Doc. He's still so young. He's only 21. But, you know, there's just been a little bit of a failure failure to launch. And that's within Chicago's system. So it's exciting to see what could happen for him. 
in a new system. Yeah. Failure to launch. Love that. Yeah. I mean, look, especially in a, in a very overturned Montreal front office could be the wild West out there. Wild East, I guess. Wild, whatever you want. Wild North is really what it is in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think we, I think we pretty much covered it there. Any any other final thoughts from you two on trades or the off season or anything? Nope. I mentioned McDonough, right? Yep. 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 Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Look, it's a solid trade. Nashville just can't seem to let go of wanting their defense to be the core of their team. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, Okay. We'll I, see. That, that, I feel like that's a lot of what we said. I said today, at least, was we'll see. Because sitting here and speculating about trades is great. It's fun. You can usually get pretty accurate on some of the more obvious deals. But guaranteed, one or two of these deals that we like is going to blow up in someone's face. Because that's how the NHL right. works. Well, and, and like it's also one of those things where, I guess you asked if I had final thoughts. Yes, apparently. Uh, you know, like the VTech Vanacek one was one that I thought about maybe mentioning earlier that I didn't love. But again, if he goes out and balls out this year, then the VTech Vanacek trade is great for New Jersey. Um, and so, yeah, there is a lot of these that, like you said, you do have to wait and see a bit. Yeah. If we could predict the future, NHL teams would hire us to make their trades for them. So. That's right. <laughs> so with DraftKings. No, oh, yeah, DraftKings <laughs> would uh would ban me because I, <laughs> I would be making a lot of money. <laughs> Megan, any final thoughts from you? No, I think that's that pretty much sums it up. All right, perfect. We're gonna get out of here for today, and then we appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us. All of that good stuff. We'll be back tomorrow, maybe with something, Jesse. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next couple days. We'll talk about cool. it when we get off. But yeah, we'll, we'll have something special for you guys here before the end of the week. Always got some cool stuff cooking at the NVR. Great time to go get a membership. Uh, you can get it on all that. If you get the annual, you get the free shirts, which are new championship shirts just dropped for the abs. Beautiful. They're so beautiful. Good. They're so good. The Landy 8-bit one, actually sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can get the sticker packs too, which are limited edition. So be sure to jump on all of that goodness over at the DNVR locker, but we are out of here for the day. We appreciate you. And we will talk to you on the next one.